This is fun, though. I'm trying this... to. We can have a conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Do you want me to leave now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Does he make you smell very outdoorsy. It's re I've been working outside. Is that a compliment? I know. That's a nice sure. way to say it. Instead of saying sweaty. Because sure. Derek's been fishing a lot. And he came in oh, last wow. night because there's a fishing tournament, a bass fishing tournament amongst like on our street it's just the men it says the stick has money in it he's all about it and he came in last night and he got a four pound fish so all of us are cheering right. him on he goes do i smell fishy and kate was like oh. <laughs> so that's a nice way of putting it okay well i'll leave then okay. we're recording all right got my water here hi sarah hi karen how are you today i'm good how are you just lovely thank you um we have known each other a very long time, but yes. we really haven't spent that much time together. Mm -hmm. So it's fun having our husbands do a podcast together. I know. We get to hear them talk all the time. Well, so. We always get to hear oh, them talk all for the sure. Time. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to love that part mm -hmm. of this. Um, so this is Tacos podcast. It's called Rethinking God with Tacos. Yes. So I was told that I needed to ask you if you like okay. tacos. I love tacos. Tacos are my favorite. And having lived in Texas. Oh, oh my goodness. So I'm a big, big taco girl. So, so. what's your favorite taco place here? <sighs> well, Long Nica. That's oh. one of our favorite places. Yeah. Not nothing too special. Bakersfield in South Charlotte. They have good tacos. We go to Taxco and I get soup because I like <laughs> sopa de pollo or sopa de tortilla. So mm -hmm. I eat tacos, but I never wear them at a restaurant. That's funny. So I wish we were eating tacos right I know, now. That would be nice. Would be, that would be way yeah. more <laughs> way more fun for me <laughs> than recording a podcast, but that's fine. We got it. We got this. It's fine. So let's see. I think we're supposed to be talking about our deconstruction. Yes. Um, so tell me your deconstruction story. Oh, it's a journey. It is. Um, no, my whole life, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a, what you call, word of faith. Okay. So it's really interesting. Derek and I both grew up under identical teaching and, okay. like, have very similar background story. What are you doing? I'm just interrupting. When you're done, just let it keep going and come get me. You just we just really story. were going. Jason. I know, I, I mean, know. There was fire. And I'll just cut <laughs> this right out. You could have just texted me. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> Don't otherwise I'll lose it. My all. ring around. We don't so, want you. Yeah, to lose we don't it. want you to lose it all. Sorry. I'm so. You grew up in Word of Faith. <laughs> okay. Um. So both Derek and I grew up in a Word of Faith background and, um, very religious, very works oriented. Really didn't learn about grace until after Derek and I had been married with children. Um. And so for me, I think a big part of my deconstruction was finding out what the Bible said what Jesus meant to me, not to my parents, not right. what this person says or this person says, because that's a lot of what I grew up with. Like, oh, well, this person says this and this person says that. But it's like, Jesus, what are you saying to right. me? And Derek is the one that really started um, deep diving into deconstruction because I still was like believing that the Bible was literal. Like everything right. that happened, really everything the Bible said, like it really happened that way. When Derek would start asking questions, I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> you are messing up my childhood. And so it really um, caused me to go to the Lord because I really started praying because Derek and I pastor. And so I'm like, okay, the pastor's really going down a, a really dangerous path right. in my mind. Sure. Um, he wasn't dangerous. 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 It was so dangerous because... I didn't understand it. And I really liked things clean and neat in these little boxes. And Derek was blowing up my boxes. Um, but it was good for me because I, as I started really talking to the Lord about it, it caused me to just have a different lens and look at the word differently, look at Jesus differently. And I feel like it's been the healthiest thing for me. It's been a little scary at sure. times. Um, and being content, not having all the answers, because I think as pastors too, and where we came from, there was such a certainty right. of like, even where, if this bad thing happened to you, well, it, you opened the door to the devil because you oh, argued wow. with your husband earlier. So your child is sick. Oh, that's, <laughs> Karen's like, oh, you are really oh, messed up. Oh my. <laughs> so that's how we grew up. And so for me, there's been a lot of freedom in understanding the fact that we live in a fallen world. 
Right. Things happen that we don't always understand. Right. And I don't have to know the why. I can just trust my father. So if that makes sense. It does. I would like to hear your deconstruction <laughs> story, Karen. Well, I grew up in a Christian home, but I grew up a charismatic Pentecostal. Okay. Um, my Both my grandparents were pastors. One was Pentecostal. The other was Christian Missionary Alliance. Okay. And so I grew up in the Pentecostal church. And um, then we were Wesleyan for a little while. And then we went back to the Pentecostal church. And then my parents were Mennonite oh, wow. for a little bit. But I went to a Pentecostal charismatic Bible college Okay. right out of high school. And so I grew up in all of that, but, um, and I went to Bible college because it was, my parents asked me to, mm -hmm. and I was okay with it, mm -hmm. but we didn't grow up with, Bible obviously is a huge influence, but Holy Spirit was probably more okay because of the Pentecostal part. Okay. So I read my Bible, obviously I went to Bible college, but the Bible was never something that I felt like looking back could have even turned into idolatry for yeah. me because it's important, but yeah. it's never been that important. Okay. And I don't know that I want everyone to know that. Yeah. I think that. No. <laughs> but, but that's, that's just me. Mm -hmm. So I remember having a conversation I was taught, I've been rethinking all of this because of this conversation that we we're going to have. And I remember having a conversation with my dad when I was a young teen and he talked about dinosaurs and he was basically said he didn't believe what the church thought about dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And it allowed me to be able to go, Oh, we don't have to mm -hmm. believe everything that yeah. we're taught. And then in my twenties, after we were married, I think we were married, we were driving down the road and I said, do you think that the Bible today that we read looks like what God intended. Mm -hmm. And my husband gasped at my heretical <laughs> thought. And I was just like, I just like, it, mm. I know it's been translated over and over again yeah. and there's biases in the translation. And like, do you think that it actually looks like what God intended it yeah. to look like? Yeah. And so, so the Bible's never been like this thing that's held me back from believing things. I read it. It's mm -hmm. how I think it's very helpful. I, mm -hmm. I think, um, I do, I do when he started reading just the gospels, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that seems like a good idea. Yeah. So, um, I read through the gospels again. So, so all along the way, as he's pushing forward, I've been the one pushing him. Okay. okay. He'll say something and he'll go, is that, is that too much? And I'm like, no, keep going. Like, no, keep, keep yeah. going. Hmm. And so he'll say, is this going to get me in trouble? And I'm like, yes, it's going to get you in trouble. <laughs> he asked me the article that, you know, got us kind of removed from our church. He asked me, is this going to get me in trouble? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to get, yeah. yes, yeah. it's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. So I've kind of been, I've been right along with him. Hmm. It totally makes sense because it's interesting with our journey. Derek's been the one. I don't question. I'm not. <laughs> I am not an overthinker. No you. one would ever accuse me of overthinking anything. Derek is the one that really thinks things through. And we, our background does idolize the Bible. Right. Like we literally at my old church, the babies would hold the Bible and say, we love our Bibles. We love our Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until a few years ago I was like, wow, that's something. Um, we also would put a pic picture of Jesus in front of him, but it was a lot of idolatry towards the Bible. And I remember somebody saying one time of when you have the person that wrote the Bible that you can talk to, why right. would you read the letters when you have the person right, right there? And that's the first time, because I've always loved my relationship with the Holy Spirit, but because of where we came from, it's like, it all has to line up with the Word. Right. It, you always have to have a scripture, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're doing, there always has to be a scripture to back right. it up. And so I was never one of those initially to question, who are we to question right. the Word of God? <laughs> so it was. So when Derek started questioning, I was like, um, I'm going to have to take a moment here. <laughs> have to look at the word and yeah. see what it says find, about what you're doing. Exactly. And I didn't find scripture. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sort mm -hmm. of, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. And see, and I'm one, I don't like controversy. Right. I feel like you like it a little bit more. 
I don't think I, don't. I do. Okay. No. See, I just I just don't feel like everybody needs to know everything I'm thinking. Okay, that's so that's good. I've been thinking some of this stuff for a really long time, yeah. but you, it's not safe to share yeah. most of the time in church. And then it's really like to to me. This is gonna see. This is why I didn't want to do this because this is gonna sound terrible. <laughs> but I don't. I don't really care. Hmm. Like it doesn't really matter to me, yeah. and it doesn't change what I feel like I'm here to do. Hmm. So it never. I. I. I think that's healthy. No, it's not terrible. <laughs> I think it's healthy because I think there's way too much people pleasing. Because right. I probably fall on that side where I don't want to stir up the pot because right. I don't want people to be upset. Well, I didn't write these articles. So, okay. He wrote them. <laughs> I pushed him along, but not that he needed pushing. He was he was there and he went down this road. I just, I wouldn't, I didn't care enough to, I, obviously I don't write, so I don't care enough to write or mm-hmm. even really talk about it. So how do you think you've changed as you've deconstructed? I feel like my deconstruction started like 15 years ago with my parenting. Okay. Um, Danny Silk played a huge role. Same. Yeah. In, um, in my, in my parenting, which ultimately led to, I I feel like it really led us down a road of deconstruction Mm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Unpunishable. I I remember reading Mm -hmm. his loving our kids on purpose and I knew that I didn't like how I was parenting, yeah. but I didn't really know what to do. For sure. I remember when my kids were really little telling a friend of mine, I don't talk to anybody the way I talk to my children. Mm. Like I would never speak to another person yeah. this way. And she's yeah. like, but they're your kids. And I was like, but I know mm. it's not right. Yeah. I know I'm frustrated and I'm angry because they're frustrating and angry me <laughs> because they're children. Yeah. You can't control them. <laughs> I can't control them. There's no way to control them. So so I read Danny Silk's Loving Your, Our Kids on Purpose, and it it was one of those things where I was like, I need this, like, I remember teaching the class and being like, I need the video streaming in my home oh, for sure. 24-7, yeah. so when I walk in a room, yes. I catch something. Yeah. I wanted to tattoo some of his sayings yeah. on my arm so yeah. that it was, like, with me mm. because it's so different from how I was parented and Jason yeah. was parented yeah, and how just how I think it was so easy to slip back into um, trying to control behavior. Yeah. So I think he played a giant role in pushing me down this road. And then the idea of restorative justice versus retributive justice. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a mom. I would always want my kids restored if they did something terrible or even if they did something minor. Like, so if I would want that for my children, then what does God want for yeah. his children? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I think Danny definitely played a huge yeah. role in my, over the last yeah. 10, 15 years. It's interesting that you say that. Cause that's really what, cause we have, we've done the same classes at right. our church. And the first time I went through it, I called Caroline. It was probably 10 years ago. And just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because really when she was born, I basically followed her around with a wooden spoon, like, I'm going to catch her. Right. I'm going to catch her doing everything wrong and trying to control. And that girl will not be controlled. I mean, no child likes to, sure. but she, especially her personality, um, it was hard. It was really hard. And there were times I didn't like who I was. Right. It's just like, this isn't, this is not how I pictured parenting right. at all. So it's interesting with us, our girls are nine years apart. My plan was that we would have three children, two years apart, but we have two children, nine years apart. <laughs> That's a big gap. It's so a very big gap. And yeah, I have a lot of questions about that. Um, but that's just how it's worked out right. where it's like, I don't have to understand why that's how it worked, right. but this is what it is. But it's really sweet now because now at 23 and 14, they're really sweet friends and they yeah. have a lot of fun together. So it's fun, but we've raised them completely differently. I'm sure. And so it's interesting to see their personalities and um but with Danny Silk the biggest thing that I took away was the connection not correction right focusing on that yeah. and Caroline has faced some challenging things and she has come to me with some things that would have shattered me in the past right and so when she first came to me to talk about some things going on in her world I in my heart the whole time I'm like give me grace give me grace to respond with grace right not react right just breathe through it's it. really hard it's so hard and when they're adults you're like this could affect the rest
rest of your life. Right. But she came to me about a week later and just said, Mom, thank you for responding in grace. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, thank you, Lord, that you've helped me right. do that to where, and there's just such freedom because then you recognize it's not about me doing everything right with my children. Right. It's about loving them well, showing them grace mm-hmm. and trusting the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And she'd seen you change and knew that she could trust you to talk to you about For these sure. things where yeah. if she hadn't, she yeah. would have never brought it to you. Yeah. And I feel like as parents, we should be the safest place for our kids when they mess up. And instead it's of harder, it's easier said than done. Oh, for sure. For sure. And um, so I've really endeavored to be that safe place for both girls. Right. And they talk to me about a lot of stuff. And I'm thankful for the relationship that we have. Because as they get older, you get to be more friends. And right. you can relate on that level. But it's it has been interesting to parent with grace. Right. To show grace towards other people. Right. Grace towards me. Right. And not that controlling um, father that I have had in my brain yeah. for so long. Ethan was our was our child. Well, Eva was our child that we kind of changed the parenting. Um, we spanked the other two, and then when she was about five, she didn't get spanked a lot. But we had she would Jay would spank her, and then she would say all the right things, but you, mm. but we realized that she wasn't, that she had disconnected herself from mm. us. That's interesting. So she would, she would sit on his lap and tell him, and he would tell her he loved her and, you know, her choices were poor and, you know, and she would, she would say the right things, but we knew her heart. Mm-hmm. She was building distance between us yeah. at five. Wow. And it was just like, we, it was so obvious that we were both like, I don't think we should continue yeah. this. Yeah. And so again, we went back into, I, I'd read Danny's Book, probably a few years before that and so we that's one of the reasons that we really started change because we saw how it affected our relationship with her and yeah. it had never occurred to us mm-hmm. about our relationship with her oh, because she was our child yeah and we you know you grow up thinking these wow. are your children you, yeah you know you're the mom yeah. you're the dad yeah you're in charge yeah. um and then ethan when ethan was about 14 we'd had a few rough rough years with him where he just was um verbally angry and um we felt disconnected from him all the time mm. and I remember thinking how can I connect with this kid yeah. like he was he had a little girlfriend but she didn't live here and so I felt like that was affecting it and then he had these friends and um so I I wasn't sure what to do and he loves Harry Potter okay so I said to him why don't we get the movies and we'll watch, I'll watch each one of them with you and we'll have like a little date night. So we go into my bedroom and we put the movie on and we first we go to Target and buy candy and drinks it. and yeah. snacks and then we'd have movie night. Well, I watched seven Harry Potter movies. There's eight of them. <laughs> okay. Actually. There's eight Harry Potter movies. Oh, I watched wow. all of them. Wow. Not caring a lick about Harry Potter, but I saw what it did for our relationship. Yeah. And so from, that was like the, the realization that I need to, you know, connect in ways that he wants to connect yeah, on in something yeah. that he's interested in. And it's funny because yeah. this year I decided to read, I, my goal was scroll less, read more. Hmm. So I'm reading 50 books this year. Oh, nice. So it's roughly four a month. I need yeah. to sneak two more in there, but I'm reading the Harry Potter books. I love it. Um, and actually I'm, I'm technically not reading them. I'm listening to them. It still um, counts. Yes, I feel like it does. But he and I'll go on walks every night and I'll stick it on in my pocket because he yeah. can pick up anywhere. I'm sure. And we listen to him and then we're watching the movies as I finish um, re-watching movies because I, I really didn't care about it the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was on my phone probably half the time because yeah. they're really long. So oh, I've, they're I've really watched, long. I've watched three. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're very long. Oh. Um, but this time around, it's different because I've read the books. But um, it was that it was choosing connection. Yes. Um, yeah. Because there was nothing else was working. Oh yeah, like yeah. school, he was finding any way mm. he could to cheat. Yeah, like some of these uh, wonderful these homeschool. homeschool. <laughs> yeah, some of these wonderful homeschool programs. You're like, oh, why no. would you put the answer key online? Yeah. Oh, he, no. My kids literally printed yeah. off the answer key, and I didn't know it. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. So there were so many areas of disconnect mm. that um, that was the beginning of our connection, and since then, it's been unbelievable yeah like we have a great relationship we, you just had to find the key right. find something to connect right so. and choosing to 
him. Yes. Like for sure. I don't, even if he's grouchy or yeah. grumpy, I'm yeah. going to pick him. I'm yeah. going to do everything I can to connect with him because yeah. when he's not connected, he's mean. Oh, for sure. For and sure. As we all are. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to be mean when yeah. you're, when you're no, disconnected. Definitely. Yeah. So that's um, Well, our, the difference with our two girls, Caroline was not allowed to read or watch Harry Potter. Sure. Cause it was, um, well, I wasn't witchcraft. sure about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so when Kate started coming home, I was like, I mean, like C.S. Lewis, all that, that's fine, sure. but no, that this is witchcraft right. over here. And then I was listening to a podcast one day and they're like, these Christians who think Harry Potter's witchcraft need to get over themselves because it's a great story of friendship. And I was like, okay, I need to rethink some things. Right. And that's been my whole thing of, because I think when you're a Christian, when you're a mom, when you reach a certain age, you kind of feel like, all right, I know my stuff. Right. And then... <laughs> Like it seemed like when I turned 40, like I know nothing. Right. And it's like, I'm having to relearn everything, sure. but I think it's, it's refreshing right. because there's a freshness to it, but it has been, it's been neat with my girls to find just that way to connect with them. Yeah. So with Caroline, it's shopping. So okay. <laughs> like find her favorite stories right. and her love language is quality time. Yeah. And so spending time with her mm -hmm. and, um, and just doing something that she enjoys and Kate, she's all over the place with her, her little hobbies that she's into, mm -hmm. but it is, it's, it's that it's the relational connectors called right. your RCs. And when your RCs are off, you're not connecting with anybody, right. let alone yourself. Right. And you're not even aware of the fact that you're not connected. Right. So that's why relationships are so important. I know I just spent 30 minute drive before we got here listening to Eva talk about Minecraft and oh. Dream SMP and words I don't remember, Lamanberg and this whole world that basically in the car I told her, I said, you know, this is Dungeons and Dragons for my yeah, generation. Yeah. She goes, oh, they play Dungeons and Dragons. That is too <laughs> These funny. YouTubers, yeah. it's all Minecraft. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, but I'm, we're listening to songs that people write about that, yeah. Minecraft. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care, Sarah. Yeah. I don't care yeah. about this. Yes. But, but you care about her. I care about her. And yeah. so I try to pick it up. It's a little complicated to me, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to pick it up and figure out what she's talking about because it's important to her. Oh, definitely. And there's not, you know, she's 14. So yeah. there's not a lot of things that she really wants to connect on yeah. at the moment. Yeah. She, we know. need to get she and Kate together because Kate's all about Minecraft. Oh, so, but, but it's just cool to find those things that the kids are interested in and get excited yeah. about them because then they realize, Oh, I am important. Right. What I like is important to right. me because I know for me growing up, my parents are amazing. Um, but I think it's also different generationally. Sure. Like it definitely wasn't a thing for parents to be like, really find out what your kids are into and right. invest in all that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's a, it's a shift in our thinking to look for those things in our kiddos. Yeah. Well, and I also think that we, for me, especially being a homeschool mom, my identity was wrapped up in my children, their behavior, uh -huh. what they've accomplished, yeah. Yeah. Um, who they are as people. Yeah. And I'm just so proud of all of them as mm -hmm. people. But there were moments when I was just thinking, they're making me look bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want yeah. my kids to make yeah. me look bad. Because <laughs> like, I, I was thinking the other day about how on Facebook people are putting like, so-and-so's on the Dean's list. So-and-so right. did this and this. And and I did that at one point. Like when Caroline got her scholarship to Baylor, I'm like, she got a scholarship to Baylor. When Caroline dropped out of Baylor, I didn't do a big announcement about that. Didn't post about <laughs> and it's just interesting how that was a challenge for me right. of, where our identity, I'm not a homeschool mom, but I think just any parent has that where you have given your life to these children. Sure. And so your identity, for me, it can be a daily thing where I go to bed and think, okay, I was a good mom today. So my, I'm like really good. And then the next day I'm like, I was a terrible mom and I'm a terrible person. <laughs> and then learning to separate the right. two, that their identity is not a reflection right. of me. Right. I was talking to a friend of mine who homeschooled five children and her last one is in ninth grade. And so she's got, you know, kids that are, have graduated college and are on, but a few of her kids are going through some deconstruction mm -hmm. and they've told their mom what they think about her parenting and it has kind of shattered her. That's so nice of that. I know. Uh, I don't know that I want your feedback right now. <laughs> so she was just telling me that 
her husband couldn't understand why it broke her so much. And right. she was like, just imagine you've worked this job for 20 some years right. thinking you're doing a great job. And then you show up one day and your boss is like, you suck. Everything <laughs> you've done is terrible. So of course it's going to shatter you a little bit. So we've been spending time together to kind of reshape identity right. because I think our identity can so be tied up oh, in absolutely. our children, in our marriage. And, and I don't even know how it's it. how it's possible for it not to be to something oh, yeah. when you lay down your life for literally sure. for these people. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think some of it's just part of being a mom mm-hmm. that you have to work through. Yeah. So you've parented differently, but mm-hmm. how are your kids how do they feel about what you believe now? Caroline is very excited. Caroline probably started her deconstruction before all of us. Right. Um, she started raising some questions years ago that made me a little scared that as pastors, we have failed our child. <laughs> and so, and Caroline really, I mean, she, she has some challenges like with the church as a whole, which same, I do too. Sure. But she was saying that recently, she was like, you know what? Jesus is my homeboy. And I'm like, it, stick right. with that. Stick with Jesus. You can ditch all the other stuff. Right. Stay with Jesus yes. and you're good. Yeah. And so Caroline is exciting. Kate is just for her. That girl has so much joy. And so for her, it's just like, this is just an adventure. <laughs> I'm learning new things. And um, she'll ask us questions. And um, Derek and Caroline talk a lot about everything. And they get really deep into mm-hmm. all of it. And um, Kate will listen and ask a few questions it's been refreshing because they're involved in it it's not just something mom and dad are doing it's like as a family we're really seeing God with a fresh lens Mm -hmm. and for Caroline it's been refreshing for her to see her parents who have pastored for almost 20 years 50 years old to uh, to look and say okay they can they can change what they think they can take a hard right yeah and and so it's been it's been really I think healthy for her to see that, that we're not so stuck in our ways that we can't think differently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been fun. So we, our family has been in and out of church. Yeah. Um, so our kids haven't had the steady church life Mm -hmm. that yours have. Mm -hmm. I remember we dropped Natty off at Grace Covenant and she ran into her dance teacher and her dance teacher said, are your parents here? And she's like, no, they just dropped me off. That's awesome. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> we, we would have, Jay and I would take Eva. We dropped the two at youth group or mm-hmm. at Grace Covenant. And we would go to Birkdale and have mm-hmm. Starbucks and a donut and hang out with Eva. And yeah. um, that was our Sunday morning. And then um, Jay has been on staff at churches. So we've been kind of in and out of church but we were at our last church for five years and that was where they had their youth group experience and really the longest the longest running and they were a part of our they've been a part of this and then they watched us be removed from leadership in a church so they have some strong opinions and thoughts about church Mm -hmm. and just in general because because of that Mm -hmm. um so right now we go to a uh, we call it Birch. It's brunch plus church. That sounds good to me. Um, with, with about, I'd say six families, mm-hmm. pretty consistent. Yes. Um, and we do it every other week. And then um, Maddie comes. Eva doesn't always come. It's in the morning, and those are my non-morning people. Okay. Eva and Nathan. So we've been doing that. So they've been right along with our deconstruction. It wasn't a hard, you know, it wasn't hard for them to yeah to come along with us but the it, what more affected them was the being removed from a church oh i'm sure that yeah. and that soured them oh, towards yeah. and it's not bitter it's not like they're bitter or i mean well they might be i don't know <laughs> i'm not but. but there's just there's hurt there sure. and when you associate hurt with church it can kind of translate that with god sure and that's what yeah and that's what makes me sad when you yeah. see a lot of kids because we were talking to a, a boy last week i say boy 20 something um <laughs> that who has been hurt by church right. and it breaks my heart right to see a lot of kids who have grown up in church that have been hurt so they're leaving right. the church in droves sure i'm like just don't leave Jesus. Right. You know, and like, we don't make Caroline come to church. And at first, like when she, she comes at least once or twice a month, but at first that kind of hurt my pride of like, 
pastor's daughter's got to be coming <laughs> to church and yeah. show, you know, showing her face that we're good parents right. and we raised you we right raised and you want to right. be in church. So that's been an interesting thing. But I just, I want her to come because she wants to, not because her parents right. are forcing her. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been an interesting thing. And people ask about it and I'm like, I'm not like, oh, she'll be here sometimes, right. you know, like I don't answer to you. She's got her own, she <laughs> yeah. has her own life and her yeah. own Yeah, and her own circle. And, yeah, because that's my biggest thing of just community is so important right. and as you're going through this to have a group of people yeah. to talk about what all of this with that's safe where you right. won't be judged and um so that that's my biggest thing of like yeah. it doesn't have to be our community that we have right out you mm-hmm. find you can find yeah. your own yeah well i think our children have watched us navigate leaving the traditional sunday well just leaving the church we did and see that we didn't leave Jesus. Yeah. And we're still. For sure. And I think that's what people are so afraid of in where we're headed is that yeah. that we're going to be, you know, that we're heretics or that we're mm-hmm. going to become one of the wor- one of the bad words, <laughs> you know, and we have not left Jesus. Yeah. And we have, yeah, like Jesus is the foundation of yeah. all of this. In fact, we are, we are digging deeper into Jesus yeah. than yeah. we ever have. And our kids have seen that mm-hmm. and they know that. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they they aren't bitter towards Jesus or God. They, For sure. It's all directed at, and bitter is even a really strong word. Yeah. Like that's not even, yeah. Um, not even probably the appropriate word, mm-hmm. but it, that it was hard to, to do that with them because everybody was so involved in yeah. church. And so that was really difficult to watch my kids. I mean, I was a children's pastor. Maddie was my assistant mm. and was the assistant or was running the youth group. Okay. And then Ethan and Eva were teaching a class every week. Wow. So Maddie, Ethan, Eva, and me were all teaching a class wow. every week. Yeah. And so to go from, yeah. from that yeah. to now what do we do? Yeah. Wow. Um, was quite the transition because, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of things that you do with your adult children, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. now that they're all, most of them, well, let's see, they're 22, 19, almost 20. And almost 15. Okay. So there's, you know, there's not oh, a whole yeah. lot of things that we all do together. For sure. Yeah. And that was one of the yeah. things that we did together. Yeah. Hmm. So um, we're, we're figuring it out. And, mm-hmm. But I didn't want them to become bitter yeah. about church because yeah. a few years ago, I decided that everybody's doing the best they can. For sure. And it's hel- It's very helpful. It is. <laughs> it's super helpful yeah. because it, it takes the... It takes pressure off of me to have to judge everybody. Yeah. And I, I really, for the most part, I believe that everybody's doing the best they yeah. can. And I believe that what happened with us, that they were just doing the best yeah. they could. And so were we. Yeah. And it just wasn't working. And yeah. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really helpful if you can, even towards church. Yeah. Obviously you're a pastor yeah. so <laughs> you would really appreciate it if everyone would think that you're just doing the best I you know. can but it's been interesting Derek and I were talking yesterday about when you stop reading the bible through the lens of judgment right you stop being so judge- judgmental and right. you can have the freedom to recognize yeah we're all just doing the best we can right. and I was talking to my therapist the other day mm-hmm. um think therapy is amazing. Mm-hmm. Personally, think everybody should yep. get therapy. But she was saying how we are so quick to judge and we don't even know it. Right. She said, for example, when you see a guy walking a dog and he's not on a leash, you right. start judging. Why isn't that right. man have that That's dog on that idea. leash? Yeah. So you start going down that path. So when she said that, I was like, so the next day I started thinking, recognizing how often I'm judging little things right. all the time. Sure. And I, once I saw that, it, it really helped me to just have more freedom to just say, okay, they can live their life. Right. And I'm not the one. Um, and even with my kids, like they right. have the Holy Spirit on the inside right. of them and they know how to listen to them and I don't have to control everything right. or even, even with Derek and judging his actions sure. of like, Hey, but yeah, he's doing the best he can. We're all just doing the best we can. For the most part, I say. Yeah. There are some, there people, are some that, people that I would question. Like, I know, I'm pretty sure they're not doing the best they can, but uh-huh. but it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. When you have that lens. Mm-hmm. So that's healthy. But adding on to that. Yeah. I remember hearing a story and I don't even know when it was, um, but basically it was the idea that getting people to say a prayer mm. is a relatively new yeah. Yeah. Um, new idea. Yeah. 
new concept. And I don't know if it was Billy Graham that kind of hmm, did that, but I remember thinking how much more authentic it is and how, when I can just be friends with my neighbor yeah. and show them love and show them yes. and point them to Jesus yeah. without being on this mission yes. to get them to when, say a prayer yeah, for sure. And, and it's not that I needed pressure taken off of me mm-hmm. because it's, it's good to engage with our community and yeah. our neighbors, but to know that, that I could be myself mm-hmm. and not have to try to convert everyone, yeah. but I could just love them. Yes. Because everybody's doing the best they yeah. can. And I love that. When I heard that, I was like, oh, I, I actually, and when I see it in my mind, I picture like um, in the 1800s, like fields and your neighbor's really yeah. far away yeah. and you're friends with your neighbor yeah. and you, it, that's kind of like a picture that I have of, of being able to love my neighbor and help them without this pressure or this job to get them to say this prayer. For sure. Yeah. And I think growing up in the churches that we did, where there's like at the end of every message, there's an altar call, which for me growing up every Sunday, I'm like, yeah, I I need to receive Jesus again. I'll make that walk one more time because I was so afraid of hell. Um, So that was that. I think when you grow up in that, then you have this mentality. Because when Derek and I moved out here 18 years ago, when we moved onto this street, I was like, going to win all our neighbors to award and um we started spending time with them and then recognize some of our neighbors are the most loving people right but they don't profess jesus as the lord of their life but they sure have more fruit than people that we used to work in ministry with so it really challenged me to look at that and think they're more hospitable than oh I've been in in times past and so for us we've lived in the same house for 18 years yeah. since we've been here and we have had some beautiful conversations with our neighbors over the years because we're not trying we don't right. have an agenda right and I think that's what bothers me right. when Christians are like they come in there I want 10 people to the Lord right. so I'm like okay so you're not really trying to connect right you're just trying to win souls so you have a little notch on your belt right. or what, and it's something about that always struck me wrong right like just get them to say the prayer just get them to say the prayer like how about you sit down and talk with them right. about their life Right. Like show interest in what is actually going on in their world. And so that for us has been the most refreshing thing with our neighbors because it does take pressure off because you're like, I can be me. Right. And have a relationship and not be weird. Because I right. think that <laughs> right. we were really weird when we were <laughs> Well, and that the judgment part of what we were talking about earlier, because that's what happens when your goal is to you have to get them to say this yeah. prayer, yes. then you that there's judgment on yeah. that because yeah. they haven't yet. Yeah, because they're outsiders. Right. I'm in right. and I feel so good about me. Right. I've got all the revelation and they're out there. Right. Those poor people. Right. And that's not the heart of God at all. I know to to look at people like that. So it's really been um it's been an interesting journey to walk on. And for us pastoring a church where we have a lot of people that were a part of the ministry that we came out of um, and just kind of taking people gently along the path. Cause Derek realized he's like, I've been doing this for seven or eight years and I'm just introducing concepts to people. Right. So you really have to be gentle. And for me, one of the first things when he said, how could what Adam did be greater than what Jesus right. did on the cross? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, right. Because what Adam did infected all of mankind. So how could Jesus, what he did, be anything less? Right. And so that's what, and he, he says that almost every Sunday. Right. And so I think. Jay says he says that on the podcast almost every time. That's like, that's Derek's tag. We got line. it in here, Derek. Derek. Sarah did it for Just you. for you, baby. Um, but yeah, that, and it's, I think that's when people can kind of sit in that. Right. And sit in mystery right. and not have to understand. Because for me, I always thought the Bible's full of absolutes. Right. It's all black and white. And I'm like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> it's not all as clear as I think it is. And and it's okay. It's okay to not have all the answers. Right. Um, and as somebody in ministry, to not have to have everything figured out. Right. Like, okay, I'm on this journey too. That doesn't sound right, Sarah. You I should know. have everything figured I, I, aren't out. Aren't pastors supposed to know they everything? They are supposed to know everything. <laughs> and I'm not a very good pastor. <laughs> but it's cool because I hope that a year from now, 
I'm further progressed in this, yeah. you know, where there's more of things where I'm like, okay, I saw that in a different way, in a new right. light. What are you doing right now with your life? You're pastoring. Yes. And what are you dreaming about for your future? Oh, Karen, so many things. Um, <laughs> now, one of my biggest dreams is I call it a River Church House of Healing. And um, I'm pretty sure I've told anybody that I've sat down with for more than 20 minutes. Because <laughs> I really, I feel like it's supposed to be a house where it's a counseling center, inner healing um, even teaching people how to eat healthy, do their finances. Cause I, my passion is to see people live whole life, spirit, mm -hmm. soul, and body. And this, this sounds very holistic. It is. And, that, and I'm super excited about it. And I've got a group of women. We get together once a month and that our group name is keep the dream alive because <laughs> mm -hmm. we've all been trained in a lot of different things. Right. And so my heart is to see people walk free, mm -hmm. to see them walk whole, because I think a lot of the church focuses on your spirit taking care of your body, but there's mm -hmm. been a big part of the soul that's missing yeah. and we won't prosper any more than our soul is prospering. Right. And I think there are a lot of Christians whose souls are really hurt and wounded and that needs care. I think there are a lot of people in ministry whose souls sure, are wounded. Absolutely. And so that's what kind of started this whole thing. Derek and I went and did like an inner healing intensive years ago, probably eight years ago now. And after I went, I'm like, everybody needs this especially in ministry, because I yeah. think there are a lot of pastors ministering from a place of hurt right. and because you get hurt sure. because you're in relationships and right. relationships are messy. Mm -hmm. and so that's my passion is, is that. And then I'm also doing these identity groups with women and um, we all speak identity over one another. We're reading a book together. I've got three different groups I'm doing right now. And at the end of it, we turn and speak truth and identity and um, because as you walk in your whole self and you recognize who God's called you to be, because so many of us act out of our wounded self. Right. And it's just pretty much the opposite of who God created us to be. So it's calling people higher. So that's what I'm passionate about. What are you doing these days, Karen? I am working with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Dream Center. Yeah. Um, I, right after we left church, I didn't know what I was doing. I was bored. And I ran into some friends who I knew were working with the Dream Center. And so I said, tell me what you're doing mm. and when it is, and yeah. I'm going to come. And so I came, it was the last Saturday before COVID okay. shut everything wow. down. So I came, it's a kids program on Saturday mornings in a vulnerable neighborhood in Charlotte. And we feed them lunch and do a, some kind of programming. Usually um, some kind of, while they're eating, we, we have a lesson and then a craft or an activity, and there's a basketball hoop, and there's a football game. And so we literally, that last, the one I went to, my yeah. first one was yeah. their last one for a wow. few months. Um, but then they started serving meals, mm -hmm. delivering meals um, in the neighborhood, and they did it six nights a week. And our family committed to every other night. Wow. And so the, um, we would go down, and we delivered upwards of two, 200. At our peak, we had, we had 225 meals. Wow. We delivered a night. And we did that through July, and then the kids' program started back up. Okay. And Maddie, Eve, and I became core team members, mm -hmm. where we basically commit to every Saturday. Mm -hmm. And one Saturday a month, we provide the, the lunch and the lesson and the programming. Okay. And then they started a tutoring program after school. Wow. Well, yeah, after school on starting in October, we, we began in October. And we I pick um, four kids up from the neighborhood, take okay. them to the Dream Center. We do the tutoring program, and then I take them home, and I do that mm -hmm. on Mondays and Thursdays. And we have a, there's a food market in the neighborhood that I love being a part of. Yeah. And so we, Maddie and I in particular, have jumped right into the dream center yeah I love that. and have built relationships with families and um and we have a great core team that yeah. has committed to every week just coming and loving on families mm -hmm. and loving on kids and i'm i'm big on protecting children yeah and especially vulnerable children for sure and vulnerable people in mm -hmm. general like i say i don't really like adults but it's not true i love the adult <laughs> in front of me yeah <laughs> i just I just really care about children yeah. and how they're treated. And mm. so I absolutely love what we're doing yeah. um, with them and helping them with school and seeing how disadvantaged they are in the school system mm. um, and just what's happening there. I've gotten, and I, 
eye-opening. It's I'm very sure. eye-opening yeah. as to where they're at academically. Yeah. And wow. one of the books I read this year um, was on trauma in the classroom and mm. how it affects learning. Yeah. Um, most of the reading that I do is fiction, I'll just be okay. honest. But <laughs> what kind of fiction? Like historical? Historical. I, I do like a murder mystery, okay. but if I read too many in a row, then I'm like, I really need to read something, some antebellum. Get, start getting paranoid. <laughs> yep. I'm like, I probably should like get out of the forensic science and read something um, a little more gentle and not so traumatic. But, but I, I love that out of a place of hurt, you went and served. Yeah. I think that's the healthiest thing that people can do. And for your kids to see that you did that yeah. instead of just sitting back and saying, well, I'm screw that. I'm not serving right. anymore. I'm not giving up myself anymore because I got hurt. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that saved you. Yeah. From, oh, it, it yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Did. Like, I'm so thankful that I I'd already knew I wanted to be a part of what they were doing. I just was working and I yeah. didn't have time. Yeah. So it opened a door for me to yeah. be able to give yeah. like I had been giving. Mm -hmm. And there were so many different types of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And people say, are you ever going to go back to church? And I'm like, Saturday morning is my church. That's your church. Yeah. That's my church. Yeah. yeah. Like I absolutely love what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I love every aspect of it. I yeah. love the tutoring. I love the food market. Mm -hmm. By delivering meals, we, the kids program is mostly children, but we, made so many relationships sure. in that neighborhood yeah. with adults because we delivered meals every night. Yeah. And these are relationships that we still have yeah. that would have taken years if they ever had happened. For sure. For sure. So it's, it's a huge bummer. That's not even a good word for it as COVID was Yeah, for everybody. Yeah. It was such a great opportunity mm. that they and, and the Dream Center took the opportunity yeah, yeah. and was like, what can we do? Yeah. This is what we're going to yeah, do. That's awesome. And deliver dinners yeah. every night. So you're taking church to the people. Yes. And that's what I think a lot of us have to rethink how we see church. Right. And to just, it's not just Sunday morning at a building with the name church on it, but right. you and expecting everybody to come here, come right. to this place. Like, I think the most beautiful thing is to see the church going to the, the people on the street, the people that yeah. need it the most. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm really loving it. Yeah. It's really good. And it's cool to find something that, cause you can tell as you're talking about it, mm -hmm. that you're passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I spend 15 hours a week. I volunteer 15 mm -hmm. hours a week. That's awesome. Working. And I love that my kids are involved. Oh, know? for sure. Yeah. Jay comes uh, occasionally and, um, the kids call him my boyfriend. Just, <laughs> where's your boyfriend? Does that make you feel kind of young? It's when quite, you... <laughs> quite funny. One of them saw my rings the other day, and he was like, you're married? Oh, my I'm gosh. Like, 25 years. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then one of the girls said, do you call him your fiance? And I'm like, no, I call him my husband. That's <laughs> too funny. But so my boyfriend comes with me, uh -huh. and Ethan's come and play football, and um, the girls and I go pretty much every week unless I love we, it. yeah unless we're away yeah but I think I've missed two hmm. in the year that, wow. that we've been there yeah two Saturdays yeah so that's awesome yeah I I really do I was born for this is yeah. what I say like I, I don't need it. to do anything yeah else. I'm good how many people can say that you I, know I know yeah I mean outside of mothering parenting yeah. was like I felt like um my I felt like my greatest self hmm. um when I'm parenting and working with my children so yeah. this is just but I'm but I'm so moving out of that it's such a different relationship yeah, that I have now for sure that um this is a great way to spend my time oh yeah I think yeah and it's great for your kids like to serve together mm -hmm. and like where they might be disappointed in church they're not disappointed in Jesus and people no. and seeing that there are people that really want to help yeah so yeah and our that. big our big goal is to let the kids know how loved and valued they are mm -hmm. by God. Mm -hmm. And that's like fantastic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I this is it. right up my yeah. alley. But it's so funny. The first Saturday I went, the guy spoke and he had never done it before oh, wow. and he had note cards and he read through the story of Job. And, awesome. and I was just sitting there going, oh, my. <laughs> not sure about this and my friend who had invited me came up to me afterwards and said just so you know we don't normally talk about awesome. you're like so this is what we're working with like, here this is like he he was uncomfortable and you could tell as he's oh, getting through no. his note cards he had too many left oh, and no. he was like wrap it up yeah. and we're all thinking wrap it up just wrap it up Please, buddy just stop talking <laughs> right but but I do appreciate that the openness to let 
it's other churches. Yeah. Churches okay. sponsor a weekend okay. or a Saturday, and so okay. they can come. And it's changed a little bit since then. We have kind of some poor people doing the yeah. lessons, but even though I was like cringing, yeah, I appreciated that there was an he's openness. He's doing the best he, he can. is. He's doing the best, and he yeah. probably won't do that again yeah. <laughs> because it, it wasn't great. No, One of the kids no. leaned over and said, "I don't know what he's talking about." No. And I said, "I don't either." Yeah, <laughs> but. But yeah, it's That's been really, cool. it's been a great year. Yeah. Good. Great year, even Good. with COVID and restrictions. Yeah. And it's been a great year. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can say that, Karen. I know. Mm-hmm. I feel so fortunate and blessed and just so pleased yeah. with, with the year. Yeah. Even though it's, how about COVID in your life? Well, it was quite the disruptor. I mean, church with yeah. um, meeting, not meeting, mask, don't mask. It's been a whole lot. Yeah. But it's like now, like the past few weeks, I'm like, all right, this is where, because I don't want to be like, okay, back to normal. Because right. I feel like there's something different that God wants to mm-hmm. do. So I'm kind of leaning into what is it supposed to look like? Right. Um, yeah. Because I think that there are some things that need to be disrupted. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just praying over what things are supposed to look like mm-hmm. and yeah, but, and how to bring people along with you for sure. Yeah. Last thing yeah. you want to do is take a, another hard right. And yeah, definitely and lose. Yeah. Lose people. Yeah. That's definitely not our heart. So, mm-hmm. but I also feel like there are a lot of people coming that almost you've been in survival mode and they mm-hmm. don't know the trauma that they've right. been going through. And so I feel like we're kind of, we want to be ready to, help people heal yeah. from the year that they've experienced mm-hmm. so and kids too, oh yeah there's a lot of trauma with the kids and not being in the class that yeah. they don't really understand what's going mm-hmm. on so I'm just praying about how to equip parents yeah to help with that and everything so yeah tackling a lot right mm-hmm. there yeah well is there anything else you want to talk about mm-hmm. I think I'm good We're going on an hour I feel no, like we I'm, did really well I'm impressed with us Karen. I know Derek told me that they talked for an hour, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if Kara and I talked for an hour. <laughs> oh, this is That's good. Right. Well, thanks for coming. Oh, thank you. This is good. We did it. We talked for almost, almost an hour. An hour. <laughs> we're, Glory. Really, we're really proud of ourselves. <laughs> Only like fumbled and said, we're gonna, let's rephrase that, you know, a yeah. couple times. So it's funny. Hey guys, we're so glad that you are joining us for season two of Rethinking God with Tacos. Uh, you can find me, Derek Turner, at rivercharlotte.com. That's my church. And I'm on all the social medias yes. as Pastor Derek T, D-E-R-E-K, Pastor Derek T. I'm also on Twitter uh, at Jason Clark is, uh, and you can find all of these podcasts, including season one, on all of the platforms. You can also go to afamilystory.org and everything's there if you sign up for our mailing list we send out a weekly email that has uh, articles podcast information and uh, we also let you know about new books coming out or events that we're uh, connected to so yeah uh, like share retweet and uh, and man if you could write a review it, it actually does something for the rankings it, it, it makes does it more yeah available, so but a five-star review of course <laughs> yes you know if you can't write a five-star review or something <laughs> Like just don't even write don't, a review. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like if you can't say something nice, don't say anything, don't say at, anything all. at all. I, I like that, and then apply that to this <laughs> podcast. Definitely. That's my motto. That's I like what it. I do. I love it. So love you guys. Appreciate you coming on the ride with us. God bless. <laughs>